she had to cry again and still not quite believe it for several months. But it finally came to her that, wow, that we really did it. Let's talk about what you think can make this kind of difference. In your book, you're fingering things like immune system issues, food allergies, infections, viruses even. What do you think is going on? Well, the brain in autism, what we've learned over the past number of years, first with a pioneering research group at Johns Hopkins, Carlos Pardo's group with Andy Zimmerman, they found indications of innate immune activation in the brain. The immune system was reacting, and we don't know to what. Immune or infectious triggers in the body can be transmitted to the brain through the blood-brain barrier. This is well known in the epilepsy field to increase your vulnerability to seizures because the brain gets hyper-excited, and then the next little trigger will trigger it to go into a seizure. But what I'm saying is that on a milder level, you can have this excitation in the brain, not necessarily have a seizure, but it will change the way you experience sensory input. The sensory input can be irritating. It can be painful. Many people with autism can't stand the hum from fluorescent lights that other people don't even notice. It's like their brain is on high alert, on high vigilance. And you think this might be caused by an immune problem? Well, immune problems lead to increased brain excitation and also something called excitotoxicity. The chemicals in our brain that excite stimulation, like glutamate, there's too much of it and there's not enough of the inhibitory ones to create a balance, to calm it down. There's a lot of things that can contribute to that process. There's a lot of chemicals, there's a lot of illnesses, that promote that. So it's not a specific thing. And this is why I don't think we're going to find any one thing that's the sole cause of autism. You can get brain inflammation from air pollution. We're actually pretty delicate beings, and it's amazing we do so well. But once you're on a path of being more vulnerable, a lot of things can pile on and make it worse. So you're not necessarily saying that some children are born with immune system disorders that then turn into autism, it's possible that there are also children who are born, quote-unquote, healthy, and something happens that compromises their immune system? Or a series of things. There was an amazing study published in 2007 that if you trigger an inflammatory reaction in a rat by injecting a substance called LPS, which acts like it's from bacteria and it makes the body thinks it has an infection you'll get a substance called TNF-alpha, which is pro-inflammatory. It subsides in the blood in nine hours. It subsides in the liver in a week, but it persists in the brain for 10 months. So this suggests that the, what the brain, once it's in that state, is exquisitely vulnerable to be triggered to stay in that state. And I think that's why autism is so stubborn and how it, it takes a while to accumulate enough good effects to really see a profound difference. But how do you do that? So let's say you have a child who is autistic, and you suspect that some kind of immune system compromise might have played a role and possibly still be playing a role. What can you do about it? The most fundamental thing is high nutrient-density food. What I recommended in the book was a rainbow diet, 
And this way you're making sure that the body has a full plethora of choices so it can pick what it needs for whatever challenges it happens to be facing that day. And but how can that make a difference in autism? I mean, I have to say... We all by now have gotten the message that we're supposed to eat a good rainbow diet and lots of different fruits and vegetables. How can that have such a profound effect on a disease as serious as autism? Well, first of all, something you need to know about so many people with autism, not everybody, is that they tend to self-restrict their diets. They tend to eat something that people call the beige diet, macaroni and cheese, goldfish crackers, chicken nuggets, maybe pizza. And that's an extremely restricted diet. It's highly allergenic. Many of these kids are sensitive to wheat or dairy. And so it's not just that they're eating better, but they're eating better for the first time in years. So you're simultaneously giving them things they weren't getting.